1: The Rory Sauter Show. Um, we were out yesterday because we uh, had some issues uh, with our system, and it was down for hours and hours, so we were not able to get on air. Uh, we do want to apologize. Um, I uh, do want to say we had an amazing, uh, you know, multiple, we had multiple. All our, all our shows last week were amazing. We had great guests every night. We addressed a lot of topics. Um, I got a lot of good feedback from fans over the weekend, you know, thanking me for how good of a show it was. Um, like I do always every episode, you know, I'm going to take this time to thank the audience. Uh, we just keep growing and growing. We're now in more and more countries. We're we're all over the United States, and now we're in other countries. And, I mean, I think we're now in, we're in like 13 or 14 other countries. So people are listening. People are tuning in. People are getting the message. And I am beyond thankful um, for everybody's support. Um, obviously, I want to thank all my co-hosts, um, all, all my listeners, all my um, advertisers, um, everybody that's been on the journey with me. This, you know, this has been a, a fun ride. Uh, we're doing really well. Um, we have a huge show tonight. Political activist, New York Times bestselling author. Uh, Seamus Bruner will be calling in, criminal defense attorney, former federal prosecutor, political strategist, lobbyist, constitutional expert, and best-selling author David Shistokis will be calling in, national security expert, medical science expert, political strategist, New York Times best-selling author, and entrepreneur Michael Doherty will be calling in. We will have leaders of Blacks for Trump calling in. Uh, we also have on the line right now one of, one of my co-hosts, a political activist, lobbyist, entrepreneur, New York Times bestselling author, author Gra- Valerie Greenfeld. How are you?
2: Great. Thanks, Rory.
1: Great to have you on. Um, yeah, obviously, it's a huge night. Um, I want to say uh, the Make America Great Again agenda yesterday uh, prevailed strongly. We did very well in the uh, pro-Trump candidates. Uh, they did very well in the in the elections yesterday that were going on the primaries around uh different parts of the country so I do wanna you know give strong praise there um you know we have i wanna get to our opening story which is which is big um you know the big thing is that peter stork fired gone completely you know um, you know removed from the premise no more privileges no more. You know, security clearance is nothing. This guy is completely out of the picture, and this should have been done a long time ago. This is something that was, you know, and it's very sketchy and very scary and corrupt, the fact that he was able to hang around there as long as he did with them knowing what he was guilty of, even after the fact, even after he he testified. I mean, he should have been gone that day after – he testified in front of um, everyone in D.C. I mean, this is, you know, I mean, it's, it's good that he's gone. You know, they took the right step. You know, we're draining the swamp. I mean, this is what needed to be done, obviously. And, uh, you know, this guy all along behind the scenes of the deep state and, uh, you know, purposely and doing whatever he could uh, maliciously to go after Trump and prevent him in whatever way possible from becoming president. And all along with it, along with the, you know, Stork, and along with his other his other cronies at the FBI, I mean, this is this is something that if you really think in detail and in depth about that our FBI is the the, the corruption is to the point where they are trying to prevent a president from getting elected, who the people are voting for. I mean, how can we have any trust in our, in our, in our, in our FBI or our DOJ after, what we, after what's transpired, after what has happened, after what's occurred? I mean, this is, this is something that makes Watergate look like chopped liver. And, you know, <laughs> finally today as well, uh, you know, crybaby uh, would be John Brennan uh, got his security clearances revoked. Thank God it's about fucking time. This should have happened a long time ago. John Brennan hasn't worked uh, you know, in there for two years. Why has he had clearances for all all this time? I mean, he had no business or no or no. You know, he didn't need to know what was going on. I mean, at, at, during this administration, you know, he he was working for Obama, not Trump. So the fact that he had security clearance for all this time uh, is is quite disturbing, and it makes you wonder uh, what's personally really going on behind the scenes, and. <laughs> I don't know if I really want to know every detail of what's going on behind the scenes. As much as I really do want to know, at the same time, we're going to hear a lot of details, and it's going to get even more disturbing. That's why I say it's like I, I don't want to hear how bad how bad stuff's going to get with all these reports coming out, but at the same time, we need to know. But it's obviously, there's going to be stuff that makes us sick to our stomach, because uh, this is just the beginning in terms of news reports that are going to be released, uh, in terms of uh, corruptions with the FBI and Peter Stork being fired, and John Brennan's John Brennan security clearance uh, being revoked. Now they are talking about um, possibly uh, Trump, which I hope he does, and I think it. I think you know, obviously, it's going to drive liberals crazy, and it's going to uh, make a lot of head spin. But they uh, new reports out today say Trump could uh, ban Mueller's security clearance, which in a lot of ways I think is a good idea. Been, Mueller's been trying to investigate Trump for two years now. He's found nothing with Russia. Ooh, he doesn't find anything with Russia collusion. So he goes outside into Trump's personal life, and now he's talking to madam, madams that oversaw hookers in New York City, thinking that's going to give him the smoking gun to taking down Trump. We have all of this nonsense. I mean, and then then it was Stormy Daniels. But you know, the president has all the authority in the world to get rid of Mueller and uh, you know get rid of his security clearance. And uh, in a lot of ways, I'd say right now, pull the trigger, do it, Trump, get get rid of him. And you know, we need to take action because this witch hunt has gone on long enough. Uh, But your thoughts, Valerie?
2: I agree with you that I, um, we got to get rid of, of the uh, special prosecution and Mueller and all of that. But I don't think it could come from Trump because then all the media is going to say that you know they were about to find something on him and he he you know on Trump and now he's he's firing him right before this whatever big news is going to come out. And I'm not really sure how to how to make this go away. But I don't I. I'm, I would be worried about it about it going going away in that manner, with Trump leaving. I mean, with uh, Mueller. What do you think? I, I mean, mean, how else could it be done? You know, and
1: you know, here's the thing. You know, once Trump, um, you know, gets rid of Mueller's security clearance, that uh, you know takes a lot of. Uh, Privileges and leeway away from Mueller I mean, the, the, you know, I, I think Trump should, should I, I mean They're talking about it, I think Trump should Pursue it, but at the same time You know I, I don't think this, we should Allow Mueller to keep going and going And going with this nonsense And even Giuliani Expects this whole uh, You know, witch hunt and uh, Situation to be um, Over with by The uh, by September first, um, really? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, how that's is what that going
3: to happen doing. though?
1: And that's what I'm wondering as well. Rudy Giuliani is saying that, as President Trump's attorney, that you know the, the this whole investigation will be wrapped up by September first. They're working out a deal. There's, you know, there's Rudy Giuliani says there's nothing that Mueller has on Trump. It's it, there literally is nothing. And what a waste of taxpayer dollars. I mean, it's millions and millions. Um, you know, I, I do. Uh, I do want to play this quick clip, though. Or I, I should probably wait for our special guest because um, I want to play this Roger Stone clip on. You know, he might be next with with the whole Mueller thing, which is ridiculous. Roger Stone, war has worked for so many big-time political uh, figures, I mean, he's, he's so far out of this, i mean he has nothing really nothing to do with this um
2: you know look Mueller is, is, really is basically, quick, a, uh, yeah really quick i wanted to comment about john brennan because you know really he should never have been the cia director i mean his background yeah. is so shady and you know oh yeah he really, he, he, he's, he's a communist so against did you
1: know what he did back he country. believed in communism back in the yeah. day
2: yeah yeah yeah, I know, and he served in Saudi Arabia for quite some time, and some people believe that he converted to Islam, which he is did. not a problem unless he became a radical Islamist, which is um, what most people believe in terms of who he hangs out with and who, and the things that he said about our country. Um, I don't understand why any former CIA director or any former anything within the government retains their security clearance. I mean, they don't need it. And if they have it, odds are good that they're going to use it against us. And I think in the, yeah, in and b- case, and by it's the way very, very true. Yeah. And by the way,
1: he absolutely did uh, convert to Islam. Uh, there, we you remember um, we had Robert Spencer on, who's a very well-known. Um, yeah. You know, he's been you know fighting counterterrorism specialist. Yeah, he, he's mm-hmm. one. He's one of the most well known, and and he's co- actually he's going to come back on our show next week, so I'm excited to have him back on. You know, he uh, was saying, you know, with the whole uh, John Brennan uh, converting to Islam and and all this, you know, the, the, I mean, the, this and it's true. I believe it. I strongly believe it. I mean, there's no reason not to believe it with, uh, you know, with what John Brennan has. Um, I mean, we've, there's been, you know, undercover, there's been undercover videos and stuff of him doing different uh, Islam rituals and, you know, saying different stuff about Islam and how he praises Allah.
2: I don't have a problem with him converting. What I have a problem with is what he uses um, his power for and his access to, to hurt our country and to help radical Muslims. And that, that's an issue. Um, and I think by prolonging his ability to have access with a, um, you know, to have access to our, our country's secrets is really, you know, it's hurtful to our country. And, and this is part of draining the swamp that, the, that, Trump, that President Trump promised in, during his election. But what about all the other CIA directors who still have their clearance? And what about, you know, other um, officials you know i I think they should just do a whole clean sweep on anybody that's not currently working for the u s government should not have a clearance what What are they needed for
4: you're
1: you're absolutely right i mean you know there there's a um i want to welcome my special
4: guests real quick uh, ladies
1: and ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to the show political activist, New York Times bestselling author, entrepreneur. Uh, How do you pronounce it? Is it Seamus? Yeah, it's Seamus Bruner. Seamus Bruner, excellent to have you on, buddy. Uh, You know, you just wrote a very uh, uh, popular book, Uh, you know, in in a lot of ways. um, You know, I, I want you to tell people about your background in a second, like I do with a lot of my guests. And uh, pretty soon, we're, I'm going to have uh, a couple more guests come on. One of them's an attorney, and uh, he wants to talk to you. Uh, and, he, and he's a, he's a very uh, well known guy. He writes for a lot of different media outlets, but uh, he's definitely going to get involved in the conversation with this whole book thing that you wrote because it's um, very interesting. I mean, there's, it exposes a lot of corruption, it exposes a lot of what the deep state, the DOJ, the FBI, um, but please explain to the audience a little bit about it.
5: Sure. Uh, well, I've uh, worked for a guy named Peter Schweitzer. Some people may have heard of him or be aware yep. of his work. He's written, You've been working for Peter uh, Schweitzer, the guy that just wrote the
1: Clinton Cash a book a few months ago, right? That's right. Well, Clinton
5: Cash came out in April 2015. Uh, Peter has a new book that came out. It's called Secret Empires, and that came out earlier this year in March. That was the book that uh, kind of exposed the biden Kerry connections to China through their children. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. He's all over Fox News. He's all over Fox News.
5: Yeah, Peter's a great, great guy. He went to Oxford and was a... hoover Hoover institute fellow at stanford and uh, i am just a pleasure to work for peter he's probably one of the smartest guys i've ever met and i've worked with him since 2011 on his book throw them all out and so that book exposed the insider trading in congress and led to the passage of the stock act stop trading on congressional knowledge and uh, just a couple weeks ago actually uh, the first congressman it might have been a week ago has been charged for insider trading under the Stock Act, so it took a, it took a few years. But anyhow, I've worked with Peter on four books. All of them were New York Times bestsellers,
3: and this is
5: my first book. It's titled "Compromised: How Money and Politics Drive FBI Corruption." And uh, yeah, I guess I guess the reason I wrote this book is after working with Peter for. So many years, and on so many projects, we we get to the end of each project and kind of wonder like how on earth does such corruption persist? Like how does how do Congress members trade stocks on their insider knowledge? You know they're on the banking committee, and then they go, you know pa- you know pass some regulations, and before anybody else knows about them, go buy a bunch of stocks. I mean we wondered how does this happen, and invariably I found that it, goes, it all goes back to the DOJ. The DOJ allows this behavior in Washington, all this cronyism. They find some sort of, you know, tricky legalese way to get to get their, you know, conflict of interest waiver or their special government employee status. And so that's, I mean, I've, I've known for quite a while that the Department of Justice is at the heart of the swamp. And for those who don't know, the FBI – is the investigative arm of the department of justice so they're really part and parcel of one another and that's i uh, you know that's why i wrote this book Is i just saw james comey robert Mueller, you know of course eric holder loretta lynch they've they've been just as crooked as could be and when i you know seeing the 2016 election how they used the fbi to target a presidential candidate it's almost unprecedented and The closest example is Watergate, and that was really just child's play compared to what they can do under FISA. Um, And so, yeah, it's it's a scary time, but there is hope because uh, I just had an article come out today. It was in the Epoch Times about Peter Strzok and how he was fired finally. And in the article I list the top –
1: go ahead. Oh, no, keep going. I keep going. Then we'll talk about that, but keep going. Sorry.
5: Yeah, no problem. Uh, so the article on Peter Strzok, it's uh, the Epoch Times. It's under my byline, Seamus Bruner. And it's uh, Peter Strzok finally joins 25 other top BI and DOJ officials who have been fired or resigned in disgrace. And I, I'll give a good list uh, for any of your listeners who'd like to see these. You know, the, the list of 25-plus top fbi and doj officials who've been fired or demoted or resigned in disgrace it's on the epoch times and it's got a link for each one as a source so it's a really good article to keep handy
0: right. yeah and you know, everybody it, knows
5: it, about james comey and andrew mccabe and obviously now peter Strzok, and there's a lot of other big names on there sally yates at doj so i do think the swamp is draining and it really has to start at the doj yeah,
1: and you know what we were just talking about this in our in our opening a little bit ago. I mean, it you know, it, it I can't fathom you know how Peter Struck still stayed employed at the FBI as long as he did and it it absolutely goes against everything American values stand for. I mean, this guy is as corrupt as can be and same with John Brennan having his security clearance Two years after being out of his job, he still has his security clearance. I mean, what, this is absolutely insane. This is, I mean, you want to talk about corruption. You want to talk about, you know, criminality in certain aspects. I mean, depending on
5: how you, you, you go about it. But, I mean, it's crazy, man.
3: It absolutely
5: is. And, and John Brennan, uh, having his, I'm glad you brought that up, having his security clearance yanked, uh, that's not a common move. And it should be in my opinion, because yeah. you've got these people. And, and this is why I wrote the book, and I talk about this extensively. And, you know, a lot of people know about the, the problems at the FBI during the 2016 election, but uh, why my book is different is no one has actually done a full cash analysis and followed the money to the guys running these investigations Well what we did at the Government Accountability Institute. And what we found is shocking. And relating to the security clearance, these guys get to leave the government. They keep their security clearance. They're allowed to know such high-level classified information, and they profit off of it. And one of the reasons they say that they should keep the security clearances is so they can go and work, you know, maybe at a defense contractor and maybe for generals and, you know, people, you know, armed forces and service members, maybe that makes sense. Same, same with the Department of Energy and other kind, kind of agencies like that. But when you're, we're talking about law enforcement and the Justice Department and the FBI, these guys keep their, and especially the intelligence agencies like CIA and the NSA, they keep their clearances. And then they go and work for a place like James Comey did, Lockheed Martin, and they cash into the tune of millions, over $10 million in just a few years. You got very wealthy, working for Lockheed Martin as their general counsel. And by the way, while he's at Lockheed Martin, Robert Mueller, his longtime friend running the FBI, starts passing them huge, multi-hundred million dollar contracts, surveillance contracts, and even a billion dollar contract that has been called a boondoggle because of all the cost the overruns and the delays. And uh, it's just it's really shocking stuff. So James Comey Robert Mueller cashed in, got rich, kinda of working as a pitcher and a catcher, passing big contracts to to the private sector moneyed
6: interest.
2: Isn't there some kind of ethics or oversight committee in the FBI?
6: Yeah, well it's it's the
5: department uh it's the Department of Justice inspector general and you know, it uh they put out a report in June and that was really only focused on the Hillary Clinton email investigation. But the inspector general, his name's Michael Horowitz, he's looking into the FISA and the FISA abuse and what's been come to come to known as Spygate and how they use these surveillance tools, which, oh, by the way, are built by companies like Lockheed Martin or Booz Allen Hamilton, where Robert Mueller made some money. And wow. so they kind of just weave in and out, giving big contracts building the ever-increasing surveillance state and using your money to do it, and then they spy on you and me and, uh, you know, Carter Page, presidential campaigns, largely with impunity. You know, we, we heard about in the Obama administration the largest, you know, most prosecutions of whistleblowers in history, more than any administration combined, whistleblowers who are revealing stuff like the spying and targeting of journalists or what, you know, should be journalists. They spied on Cheryl Atkinson. spied on James Rosen of Fox News. They, all, they do it under this kind of guise of national security. And I'm a, I'm a patriotic American. I, you know, I believe in national security. And, it, and that's one of the things I find most frustrating is it cheapens it when they, when they do these, you know, unjust things under the cloak of national security. It makes people roll their eyes eventually like we do now. But, oh right, national security. You
1: yeah, know, very, it, it very, well, very well. Very well said. Yeah, very well said. I want to I keep you. Yeah, I want to keep you on the line. I'm keeping you on the line. Um, I do want to welcome though, our our other guests, the leaders of Blackford Trump. Michael, how are you, my friend?
6: I'm good, brother. How you doing? I'm just glad to hear that brother saying what he's saying. I want everybody to look up the word Valkyrie. They've been doing it since 1944 after uh, Franklin Dylan Roosevelt appointed the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the five generals that run the military to replace the four-star generals, even though they're still there, but they have certain authority, and they put in a group called Valkyrie, and their whole m- way of being is to create a uh, dossiers to give them permission to go to Pfizer court to get, probable calls to surveillance people to make sure that Democrats stay in charge because they wanted Franklin Delano Roosevelt to be in charge forever. But when it became apparent, he was going to die. That's when they came up with this balcony thing. And if you watch the movie about the Tom Cruise played this German with the one eye, they were going to do a balcony takeover in Germany, but it didn't work because they didn't kill Hitler, but they didn't need to kill our leader here because he was with it. His name was Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And ever since 1944, they have been operating under Valkyrie. Called, they call themselves the Men in Black. So you thought it was just a movie. But they are actually surveillance enough to make sure they stay in control by finding our stuff and then hitting every one of our presidents. Every Republican president has been hit with the same three prongs. Either you are charged with or tax fraud, you can take the IRS. They got the IRS game, but the next thing they hit you with some kind of criminal charge, like uh, Watergate, or 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 the Iron Contra thing, uh, or and the last thing they hit you with is the woman thing, like this Amarosa devil with her satanic, or oh, I would just go ahead and say with her satanic ass trying to come after Trump. But, they all, but the other woman they always hit you with is the main woman talking about some kind of sex scandal with this Stormy Daniels crap. So this is what they've been doing from Eisenhower to Nixon to, to Reagan to Ford to uh, George W., George H., and now they're doing it to Trump. All seven of the presidents since 1944 have been hit the same three ways, and we have not recognized but they were doing it because they couldn't win another election after slavery was ended by the Civil War. Thank God for the Republicans that saved us out of slavery. And then black people started voting with them so they couldn't win another election. So when they finally got Franklin Delano Roosevelt in, they decided to keep it like that using Valkyrie. Now, y'all look it up and reveal these bastards because that's what Jane Comey and, and, and Muller is. They are Valkyrie and they're operating with impunity like Zechariah 11.5 did say. They would do all kinds of wickedness, break all kinds of laws, and kill us and hold themselves not guilty. Well, that time is up now because great King Cyrus is here, the, the man that the Bible predicted would come. That is President Trump. If you guys don't wake up and smell the coffee and defend him and fight for him, and fight with him to destroy these wicked bastards. We lose him, we lose everything. So if you have any damn sense, you back up President Trump all the way. I don't care how they, you know, everybody says, oh, man, the Republicans don't like you. You're black, and you, they don't even acknowledge you. I'm not giving a damn about that. What I'm giving a damn about is God said he's going to kill everybody if we don't get rid of them. So it's them or us. So I'm, I don't care how disrespectful it may, I may appear to be treated. I don't care about that. I care about the life of everybody on earth because you think that Trump is just here for America? No. If he don't save America, nobody will saved. This is the last melting pot. So white European Gentiles, wake your ass up. God gave you the power when Jesus passed it to Peter, and Peter passed it to Clearfoot, who was an Italian, white European Gentile, and since then you have been the protectors of the earth. That's why Trump is acting the way he is, because it's inside his nature to be the protector of the earth and you better help protect it with it, or we all die. Sorry for taking up most of your time. Y'all go ahead and talk.
3: No, I
6: love applause. Wow. <laughs> Very applause.
5: well that said. I'm impressed. Hey, Amen. Yeah, that was that was that was great. And Michael, I'm pleased to make your acquaintance. Uh,
3: yes, sir. I'm Who so am so glad team for, team for team what here? you're
5: doing. This is awesome.
3: You're,
6: you're asking right me, so. Go ahead. So yes. Yeah, so, oh no. I, um,
1: yeah, yo. Worry, no, you, you, you uh, Michael was asking your name.
5: Oh, it's Seamus. It's it looks like Seamus. It's like Sean. It's Gaelic. It's uh, okay. Irish. Or, yeah, but it's uh, Seamus. Okay.
6: Nice to meet your acquaintance too, sir. I love what you were saying. You just said, I'm, I, I'd rather, y'all, y'all always taught me exactly who it is so I don't beat around the bush because everybody's talking about deep state and all this so it's ambiguous. We can't figure it out. It's J. Edgar Hoover and all of his cronies that have been dogging people we the 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 rank and file uh, guys that are in the um FBI those are honorable good white and black men, white European gentiles who will actually keep the law and they use them to be out front while the higher ups that's why that's why Jesus made the statement I'm not here for flesh and blood, I'm here for those who sit in the high places and rule in darkness in the high places uh, that's ephesians four twelve so that's what we got to look at. These boys, like, like Psalm eighty three, 1-5, David's prayer was, Oh, God, please destroy the nobles of them that have done this to us. I'm not even mad with all Canaanites. I'm mad with the nobles of them. Because the Bible says in Revelation 7, 9-13, every nation, kindred, and tongue will be saved in the last day. It didn't say everybody but the Canaanites. But the, the royals of the Canaanites, Rockefeller, Child, Saoud, who's over the Ishmaelite. All of you, that's your ass, boy. Because Cyrus is here, and he is an ass football. And I'm here to help you whoop your natural ass. Thank you.
5: Amen. Amen to that. Very, very yeah. well
3: said. Bravo.
1: Bravo, bravo, bravo. I love it. I love it. But but getting stay on the line, Michael. We do have a lot to talk about. Uh, but, but getting back to you, Seamus, um, so you, so talk about your life. Talk about, you know, how it all started. You're obviously, you know, doing a lot of great things right now. Uh, you're, you're writing this great book, which has been quite popular. People have been buying it. Um, as well as, you know, you've been in D.C. You've been doing some, from what I understand, some lobbying work and, uh, you know, working with different politicians and different – people on the inside. Uh, you know, Tell us a little, about, a little bit about what's going on.
5: Well, right. So I, so no, I'm, uh, I live in Tallahassee, Florida, um, never lived in D.C., praise God, and never will. That is the swamp. And, and most people do think that we are operating out of uh, Washington, D.C., but uh, we're not. We like being kind of hunkered down out of the swamp, although we are in a literal swamp. But uh, it, it is it is muggy it is muggy here very muggy today. But uh, no, I I had uh, never lobbied. I thought maybe I studied political science and in international affairs in college. I went to Florida State University, those Seminoles, and uh, I studied political science, thinking maybe I did want to get into politics. When I saw absolutely how just sleazy that industry is and all begging for money. And just trying to get yep. more power, I wanted no part. And that's Dirty why, uh, kind of fresh, fresh out of school, I uh, very fortunate. I interviewed at the uh, Government Accountability Institute. Had never heard of it before, but uh, my dad told me about it. He's like, "There's this organization who kind of thinks thinks the same way you do. You know, hates crony capitalism." I was like, "Sign me up!" And I uh, I interviewed with Peter Schweitzer, got the job. Uh, so I had actually volunteered with him before the Government Accountability Institute was founded in twenty twelve. I worked on the book Throw Them All Out. Loved that title. And that went after Republicans and Democrats and that's where I really cut my teeth into researching political corruption and it's it's pretty simple once you figure it out and it's you just follow the money. And that's what I did in my book. I followed the money and it it, it, it you know, nine times out of ten tells you more then you could know, you know, reading the news. And it's not fun work. Actually, I find it fun, but ordinarily people wouldn't find it fun going through a financial disclosure. It's the most boring document you've ever seen. And I've got them on my website, uh, by the way. I I put up James Comey, Robert Mueller, Eric Holder, Loretta Lynch. I put all their financial disclosures. because. Of course, they tend to disappear, even though they're supposed to be public. That's why they're called a public financial disclosure. But I've, I've got them up there, and uh, the website's uh, com And I'm going to be putting more documents up there, and uh, they're going to they're, they're pretty shocking documents. And so that's kind of to help you go along with the book. Uh, the book again is compromised. How Money and Politics Drive FBI Corruption. It's got, I would say, about 100 or 120 pages of end notes. Almost half the book is end notes, and I learned that from Peter Schweitzer. you got to source every single factual claim, and that makes it airtight. And um, So, yeah, no, I live in Tallahassee. I don't plan on being a lobbyist. I hope Trump keeps putting bans on lobbyists. Probably, Everybody thinks the problem is money. Definitely politics.
1: need regulate. Definitely need regulations and restrictions on the whole lobbying. I mean, it's getting out of hand. People are are abusing it every
5: single day. It's it's true. Uh, one thing I would say on that though is, I'm I do I I am for the Citizens United decision. I think uh, political spending is free speech. Spending spending the money you earn is free speech. Right. Um, right. But the real problem I think is is the favors that government that the government is able to give out. If you turn off the favors spigot, the money the money in Washington will dry up. The reason there's so much money in Washington is because there's so many favors you can buy. So we really need to take the power away from the government to pick winners and losers. And that's, that's re- reducing regulations ironically. If you, if you take away the regulations, you know, nobody's lobbying for anything. Everybody's lobbying for regulations to put their competitor out of business.
3: So, very true. Like,
5: these very are complicated true. issues. I don't know. I don't know all the answers. These are just my opinions, of course. Hey, Valerie, go ahead.
2: Well, I live close to Washington, D.C., and I've been here uh, about 30 years. And some of the things that you mentioned, I concur, you know, I mean, I, I think it's changed a lot, though. I mean, it used to not be so bad. Um, You know, congressmen would actually talk to each other as friends, even if they were on across the aisle from one another. And now there it's just so vitriolic. It's the you know, they it's just gotten very, very nasty. And I personally, I think a lot of it is because the parties have come apart and they're, and, you know, the Democrats are becoming so socialist that it's just, it's it's hard to find common themes on from one side to the other side of the aisle. And, and you can't really speak and relate to one another when there's nothing in common at all. And, and as we split parties farther away, um, you know, the, um, the Congress can't manage to get anything done because you have to have your vote. And, uh, it's become very frustrating.
5: Yeah. I, I can, I can sympathize with you. I mean, every, every, I think every place in this great nation is is a great place to live. Uh, but Washington has become more of a swamp recently. So I, I agree Oh with no, you.
2: I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not criticizing your comment at all.
5: No, no, I know. I know. I'm just. I, I I concur with you. It is. It's a vitriolic time, and it's it's, it's a sad time for a country. But I think I think Trump is going to pull through in the end.
2: Now he's well, okay, so far now, doing an the, amazing job. Sorry, sorry. yeah.
1: He, ab- he absolutely is. So, Go ahead. Sorry, I um I wanted to talk to Seamus kind of about you know uh, with, with with your activism and a lot of the stuff you're doing kind of explain that to the audience. I know you're doing, you know, various things, uh, you know, in the political realm, you know, you wrote this book obviously, but you're also working on some other stuff.
5: Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I, I, I've, I've been putting in 12 hour days since February when I signed the contract to make, to put the book together. So I, I haven't been, I've been neglecting a lot of my other duties. I do own a couple properties. I invest in, in real estate, I got started doing that by saving up for a car and then thinking to myself, why on earth would I drop $15,000 on something that's going to be worth half that in a year? And so yeah, I do a little bit of real estate investment, nothing nothing significant, but I do own some rental properties. Um, and other than that, I'm just, I, I found a job doing something I love, so they say you'll never work again. There you go. Absolutely. I mean...
1: Yeah, and i do i do real estate as well i invest in various real estate and uh it's always a good business it's a gr- it's always something you can uh have you know residual income so it's a lot of lucrative opportunities there um and uh it's it's uh booming right now, especially with trump in office it just keeps getting better and better, especially all the value different values um you know you know talk you're know, going back to your book a little bit um I want to ask, you know, some things specific. You know So you're you're the Associate Director of Research at the Government Accountability Institute, correct? Correct. Okay, so explain to me a little bit about what you guys do there for the audience that doesn't
5: know. Okay, sure. Well, so like I said, the first book I worked on was called Throw Them All Out. Peter Schwitzer, he's really the center and the heart and soul of the organization, and he's been yeah. writing books since before the internet. Not to date the man, but uh, <laughs> he, he 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 and he was doing it single-handedly. And I just can't even imagine going through financial contributions, campaign donations, or financial disclosures without a computer. It's really revolutionized, you know, research obviously. Um, and he so he in uh, 2012. You know some some uh, some wealthy individuals. You can probably read them about read about them online. Said Peter Schweitzer, "What you're doing is great work. You need a team of researchers to help you do this work." So that's when they founded the Government Accountability Institute. And since then, kind of the model that we the the mod, our business model, so to speak, is we uh,
1: P- Peter
5: uh, writes the book. So "Throw Them All Out" was the first one I worked on. Uh, extortion. It was called extortion, uh, was the second one, and that was really how Wash it flipped the idea on its head. Everybody knows that special interest lobbyists crowd into Washington and just flood the city with money. But Peter wondered, well, what if the reverse is happening? What if Washington is targeting businesses and saying, pay off or we're going to regulate you out of business? And uh, one example that was uh, pretty big in the book was you may remember SOPA and PIPA. It kind of morphed into what's now known as net neutrality, but it was the Stop Online Piracy Act and Protect Intellectual Property Act. Well, that law was never designed to pass, and it was uh, really pitting two major industries against one another. He he called it a milker bill. It was a, a term he coined, and uh, it hit Silicon Valley, the big tech companies, against Hollywood. Hollywood was really – Upset at all the online piracy, all the pirating of movies. They're losing billions of dollars to that. And so they obviously had an interest in stopping online piracy. But also Silicon Valley didn't want to be regulated heavily and say, hey, you you know, the FBI or whoever can just come into your servers and your users. That's going to turn a lot of customers or users or subscribers off. So the bill was never going to pass from the start. Obviously, it didn't. But you saw, like, you may remember Wikipedia would put up a big, you know, banner on their page and say, We're shutting down Wikipedia for the day, donate money, and vice versa. Well, it really just flooded DC with all this lobbying money from some of the biggest industries in the country, and it never passed. It was a big waste of money. So that was extortion, how the government uses regulations and laws to extract cash. And then uh, the biggest bombshell book, and, uh, you know, most people know it, was Clinton Cash. That was uh, that came out in April 2015, and the timing could not have been better. Uh, if you remember back in around April 2015, that was when we were, first started hearing whispers about the this, this secret email server that Hillary Clinton used while at the State Department. And while everybody was talking, like, what on earth is the server? Why, like, what's going on? What is Hillary using a server for? EAI and Peter Schweitzer came out with Clinton's cash, and it answers the question, why did Hillary use the secret email server? And the answer to that is to conduct business. She had business to She needed a secret server that couldn't be foiled, couldn't be subpoenaed, and it was so that she could, you know, co- correspond with the donors who wanted to get favors from the State Department. Well, in the same way, my book compromised. everybody's talking about the politicization of the FBI, what did James Comey do, what did, Robert, you know, what did Andrew McCabe do, Well, this book, Compromise, comes in and answers why corruption happens at the FBI. And it's pretty simple. It's money, and they're protecting their own interests. Oh, absolutely. 100% without a
1: doubt. And, you know, you look at, you know, everything that's gone on and everything that's been – ignored and, and you know covered up and you know imagine if a republican did what these people what you know Hillary Clinton and Obama and Joe Biden did with with all of these different um you know scandals i mean it would be uh, they would be crucified it would be headline news everybody would be all dramatic about it
5: that's right that's right. Well, yeah, you see, you see what happens when Republicans do it. Kind of, you know, you've got. Um, oh, I forget. I forget the guy's name, but uh, well, anyway, yeah, you're, you're right. They do get crucified, because uh, the yeah. mainstream media
3: is all so primarily leftist.
5: It, it's like, like, like for instance, let's
1: go, let's talk about when Joe Biden told big bank scandal with China with his son. that story came out where was the media where the me? I mean I know the conservative media outlets covered it but the mainstream media crickets if Donald Trump's son did that orchestrated that deal Donald Trump would they would play that for weeks on end and it would not stop on the mainstream media I mean can you imagine just the double standard
2: well also I think it's because the Democrats don't have anybody to run for the next presidential election. And perhaps Joe Biden might be the guy. And But Valerie,
1: at the same time, it doesn't matter which Democrat. They've all been getting away with corruption for years. I mean, there's a lot of them that get caught and go to jail, obviously. But there's, a, there's those slick ones and those high elites. Like Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, uh, they can basically do whatever they want. You know what I mean? And, and here's another scare. here's another odd thing and really disturbing fact is that uh, Joe Biden's niece. Um, I don't know if you guys heard. If you guys heard, but she was responsible for like hundreds of thousands of dollars in in fraudulent. Um, uh, fi- a financial scam, and uh, she, n- a normal person, would have uh, gone to prison for a few years. She just got off with probation. This was like a news story last week, and uh, it- it's just it- it's ridiculous. I right? I mean this all this you know, and they were even talking about it on the news. How if it- you know how how these Democrats and their family members they get away with murder. They get away with whatever they want. It's like they're above the law.
5: Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Yeah, I think Valerie's right. They are circling the wagon for Joe Biden, but I don't think he stands a chance um, because of exactly what he's talking about. And nobody knows the story. I think her name's Caroline Biden. But yeah, I mean, former, I mean, I don't know if she's got a prescription drug addiction now, but I mean, a lot of this fraud was to cover her, her drug addiction. And she shows up to court in $4,000 boots. And uh, yeah, probation. You know, stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars in credit card scam. I bet you, I don't. I, I bet you, not a single liberal even knows that story, outside the media who refuses to cover it. Yeah. Um, so, hey. I,
1: I, don't Yeah, I mean it's such a you know the fact, and, and and there you know there's so many disturbing things going on with the mainstream media. Stay on the line, Seamus. I do want to welcome our next guest. Um, national security expert, medical science expert, political strategist, New York Times bestselling author, and entrepreneur Michael Doherty, a great friend of the show. How are you, buddy?
3: I'm good. Uh,
4: so I'm Amazon best-selling author, but not New York Times. They don't cover stuff like me, dude.
3: <laughs> okay. All right. Well,
1: Amazon bestseller is, is, a, is, a, good, is a good enough.
4: And when I, I, ever I hear the word New York Times, I, I kinda get breaking in a cold sweat. So I'll need a minute to recover.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All righty. But uh My, Michael, you've been listening it and uh, you know, to introduce you to Seamus, um Seamus uh has recently, you know, wrote a book um I'm sure you're familiar familiar with Peter Schweitzer. Uh he works closely with Peter Schweitzer, who's written many books, including the one called Clinton Cash which basically exposes all of the uh, corruption from the left, uh, from the Clintons. And uh, he also wrote wrote that recent book about uh, Joe Biden and that scandalous China bank deal.
4: Yeah, Seamus and I have uh, been uh, shadowing each other on on, on conservative radio shows now. I think it's the second one we've just – Uh, overlapped on in about four days.
3: (laughs) so
4: We're on on the same (laughs) circuit. But I think this is the first time we've been on the show together, so this is good. Nice to talk to you, Seamus.
5: (laughs) Likewise, likewise. I I followed you on Twitter.
4: Yeah, yeah, we followed you on Twitter. Now, so So, um, uh, what was your question? Sorry, Rory.
1: No, I wanted you to kind of react to what we're talking about. I mean, you know, we're talking a lot about, you know, just the corruption that's going on. I mean, we, you know, I know you want to talk about this, Michael. I mean, John Brennan's security clearance finally got revoked after two years. I don't know what took him so damn long to, to revoke it, as well as Peter Stork, the little son of a bitch, the wimpy boy, finally gets fired from the FBI, which well, should have been done months ago. I mean, I, mean
4: ago. I would like to stand back and, 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 really look at how difficult it is to take these people on. Um, I love Peter Schweiger because what he wrote, when he wrote about Clinton class, he also talks about, you know, all the insider trading in Congress and how deep all the corruption is. It is so uh, risky to take on the government. Uh, but once you start, you must start taking it down. It's kind of like a vampires don't wound. They must be killed. And the the whole, you can't really wound Uh, a bureaucrat, because they'll come back and crush you. And we have allowed, you've heard me say this a million times. I think it's true. I think we have to say it a lot so the public understands it. We have allowed this – organism to morph under the surface of Washington for a a century, starting with Woodrow Wilson. And when the agency started and they started multiplying, they certainly started slowly and very few. So we couldn't see the damage of it, but the foundational damage is there's the separation of powers that is, this company's founded on has been removed. And this, uh, This this deep state or administrative state or whatever you want to call it has detached from the mothership and it's become so huge. There really are way more bureaucrats, way more bureaucrats in Washington than there are Democrats and Republicans combined. And and that is really – And it's hidden, and the reason it's hidden is because we don't have a civics book that educates anyone about it. So unless you have the type of career, most of us don't, that is involved in this and see it, uh, we're involved in Divide and Conquer, where just an individual has to scream out and say what sounds like very extreme things to the uneducated and unexperienced ear, Uh, which is why five, six years ago when Schweitzer's book came out, or anyone else that would take this group on in the middle of the Obama administration would just be considered the classic conspiracy theorist. And it, it's sad that we um, have to come to terms with how screwed up the country is in Washington. I mean, and what what's finally terrifying about all this is, it's how many people know it? Uh, when I started to inside and profit off it, and just whistle past the gra- graveyard for their own self preservation. When I, when my medical laboratory that had seven hundred thousand patients in the database starts getting attacked by the Federal Trade Commission, uh, you know I'm just sure that I'm going to be able to go to Washington and get justice. And was startling and terrifying the number of people that knew that said you're toast and seem to be fine with it. Uh, there is just a wiring of people there that understand that survival means looking the other way, and it's it's really, really shocking to the public. And so it takes repetitive hits of education, repetitive story, repetitive books, uh, and I think we're getting someplace. Uh, you know, it takes a house oversight committee chair, We've only had one, and that's Daryl Issa, that's ever actually done his job. Uh, The rest of them are just go along to get along. Because once you get into Washington, you become a member of that group, Uh, your your party affiliation goes secondary to your self-preservation and and profiting in many, many, many instances. And, And if you do, the last thing I'll say is if you do attempt to challenge it, whether you work in an agency or you work in Congress, if you try to challenge people's security and you know they're sort of uh sopranos go to Washington oath towards each other uh the guns the guns are gonna point at you the wagons are gonna circle and that's why the early people that kept breaking this at such great risk you know are real heroes because and I think we're breaking through that's why we have trump but and uh, and look you know they're hysterical because they know if uh I mean, they're just fighting to keep the mask on, and it, it's pretty bad. Yeah,
1: very, yeah, very well said. I want to let Seamus respond to that. Yeah,
5: very, very well said. I fully agree. Um, you know, they say doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, is insanity, and we we keep doing the same thing over and over. Albert again. Albert Einstein. Right. I think you're. I think you're right that uh, we are starting to see some different results, and. Uh, I wonder if you, Michael. I wonder if you've uh, seen uh, anything about Secret Empires, Peter Schweitzer's latest book. Uh, specifically, there's a term. Well, he didn't coin the term. It's a well-known term, but uh, smash and grab. Uh, he has a whole chapter on how the Obama administration used what he calls a smash and grab, uh, where they would they'd come in and regulate a business into obscurity, and then they'd come in and. Then the cronies come in and to grab the pieces, all the profitable pieces. Uh, one example would be the coal industry. I mean, Barack Obama very famously and openly said he's going to bankrupt the coal industry. Well, what does George Soros, one of big uh, Obama's biggest cronies, do? He comes in and buys all the coal. So, you know, after after bankrupting that industry, cronies come in. Another example was uh, the the private education, you know, for-profit ed industry uh, you, you think of um phoenix online um and one of them what yeah phoenix online was the example obama basically bankrupted the company took it from about a $100 a share down to about $4 a share he kicked them off all the military bases which is one of their biggest customers with service members and then one of obama's best friends marty nesbitt comes in and buys it for pennies on the dollar and you see it, you, you just saw it over and over again. You did it to the payday loan industry, cratered that industry with uh, the DOJ's Operation Choke Point. And, uh, you know, then Marty Nesbitt again and others come in and they finance these alternative lending sources that are basically payday loans, but they're not called payday loans. But uh, anyway, I, I thought you might find that interesting.
4: Well, I, I mean... Uh there's so many examples of this and we have to educate the public through story and, and repetitive story. And there's a ton of stories. I mean, I get calls right now from people in North America and Canada all the time that are getting completely steamrolled by the, um, by their government. And the first thing that happens is shock because we can't believe it. I mean, this is, you know, w- w- you know, we still see, you know, Washington in the boat crossing Delaware, and we still see all this Americana that we're taught. And, and the whole country is taught 19th century American history as if it's civics. And it is a vicious game. They, they exploit your patriotism and they play you for fools. When the government's on your doorstep, they are there to exploit you, either for their own personal gain or to use you as a head on a spike to make rules and regulations and use your story that they make up about you to educate people. So that doesn't surprise me, and, and, and it, it saddens me, and, and I really could come to grips only in the last month or two. Well, I realize my whole story has been so slowed down. I always feel like there's the, the government has their hands around my ankles holding me back from getting the story out to the public. Uh, and I have just been, you know, it's almost a lifetime to get through because I started out of, of nothing and, and was reaching out to even people like Schweitzer, just linking them with everyone I could, constantly contacting every single person I could, knowing that eventually I was going to, you know, Hit it somewhere, and and actually, I I swung and missed way more than I thought. Uh, more people ignored it than you can want to imagine, except for Daryl Isa. My point is, we're not going to educate the public to do something about this unless we get stories like that out, and that's why Schweitzer's way of writing is so good because he 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 makes it very distinct in this world where people are a afraid of bad news and B have a Twitter attention span. And so you know if you make it, I've learned, if you make it too intense right now, people shut down because they don't know what to do. And if they don't know what to do, uh, they just feel powerless. So they'd rather just live in denial because if you think powerless and just be terrified what good is it? what good is it? So you know the great thing about Trump winning was a sense of empowerment. But I think that we have to really understand it, that we, aren't, we are not 5% through this. When you see things like Soros doing what he does and this type of explosion. And, oh, and in the FTC, you know, it, it's been told to me by more than one former person, former employee there, that the way to have a successful career as a lawyer at the FTC is to come up with a, quote, unquote, novel legal argument and then – Um, And then crush a few companies. Crush companies. That's lingo that's acceptable, crushing companies. Because there is this echo chamber of these people that have never worked in business or in private enterprise in their life. They drink the Kool-Aid. They actually think they're doing the Lord's work. And, you know, when the media won't let this stuff out and you're called crazy because it's so scary – it's a real problem, and, and and I'm glad the ship is starting to turn, but it's still there's a, still a lot more turning that has to happen. I
3: couldn't agree more.
4: Yeah, as I go and, up on uh, my rant. <laughs>
5: no, no, it's, it's upsetting stuff, and I I totally agree with you. I, you know, I I've always kind of heard of it or thought of it as uh, rational ignorance. I mean, the costs of staying informed about such such injustices are so high. I mean, whether it's time, energy, uh, frustration, it's just it's too much. So I don't fault a lot of what would be the the ignorant people. You know, it's just, it's just too much. And they don't know what to do about it, and they do get this kind of a decision paralysis, and it's just like rather not be informed. And I totally agree about, you know, Trump's election has given a sense of empowerment. You see it all over the Internet, you know, I don't, I don't know whether this, uh, the Cuban guy it's, it's, I don't know if it's legit or not, but I, I don't think it matters because it's got so many people looking for so many dark corners, and not just that thing, but you know, other things. There's so many people researching and posting stuff. It's like, there's been a, you know, a sort of awakening. And Shane
1: and Seamus, she- and I, I want to, you know, I, I know you're, I know you're on a limited time Seamus, um, I do want a, to uh, kind of, you know, uh, you know, switch topics slightly, but it kind of relates to the same sort of thing. Um, you know, Devin Nunes uh, came out with a report uh, today uh, saying that the Clinton campaign colluded with nearly every top official at the DOJ and the FBI. I mean, we obviously knew there was a lot of Collusion with the Clintons and you know the Justice Department, uh, but nearly every top official—that's that, that's pretty—that's pretty, uh, that's pretty uh, outstanding. I mean, that's ridiculous. It just goes to show.
5: Right, right. Well, uh, yeah. Actually, in an FBI report, you see uh, they were investigating the Clinton State Department. I mean, some people know this, some people don't. But the Clinton State Department went five years. Without an inspector general, it's totally unprecedented. I mean, without the top watchdog, who's supposed to be making sure that the secretary is using a public, you know, the, the public system for emails and all this stuff, that, that person didn't exist while Clinton was there. And so when they found, put an inspector general in, started investigating some of these practices, and uh, they they found uh, in you know communications between State Department members that they referred to the seventh floor, I kid you not, as the shadow government. And it's the same thing with uh, Lisa Page and Peter Strzok talking about yeah. their secret society. And so there's this, there's this 1%. It's the swamp. It's, I mean, it's the top level. It's, it's not the hardworking men and women, the ba- brave patriots working the FBI out in the field offices. It's the ones who get promoted to Washington. I, you know. I, I suspect you don't get promoted to a top position unless you're willing to play ball. So that would, that, you know, the Nunes report doesn't surprise me one bit. Um, You know, it's uh, yeah. It was clear. They were all in for Hillary. It was supposed to be queen Hillary guaranteed. They never thought she would lose. And uh, they, they got caught with their pants down by Trump, ironically, because they promoted Trump. But you see the DNC emails early on saying, we need to elevate Trump, you know, have, yeah. have him as a piper candidate to lead, you know, try to pull the other more moderate candidates further to the right, which they thought was extreme. Up in their ivory tower, they don't interact with everyday Americans, and so, uh, yeah, I don't doubt that uh, every, you know, it wasn't just the the D.C. bureaucrats and the the permanent political class there. It was. All of the Fortune 500 companies, you look at their donations of the CEOs and executives, they all wanted Hillary Clinton. The media, she was meeting with every, every top editor and publication all going to dinners at Podesta's house. Uh, it was, I mean, that was, I, and I'll be, I'll be 100% honest, I wasn't on the Trump train, so to speak, from the outset. I thought he was a sort of spoiler candidate. It really wasn't until he hired Steve Bannon that I was like, whoa, this guy's for real. Um, because you don't hire Steve Bannon unless you're trying to beat Hillary, and uh, yeah, it was it, he was a shocker. He was the the human Molotov cocktail, as Michael Moore has said, that America launched into Washington. And uh, the the enemy of my enemy is the person I'm voting for, and pretty much every enemy of mine was anti-Trump, pro-Hillary. So it's the, the DC bureaucrats, it's the mainstream media, it's all the you know, execu- top executives of companies that are buying out the little guys after they've been smashed by Obama re- regulations. And, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm glad America stood up stood up for itself. Yeah, and,
1: you know, you bring up a really good uh, I'm going to let people respond because I know they want to respond, but you bring up a really good point about Bannon. Uh, I was always a really big fan of Bannon, Matter of fact, my father back in the day did some real estate deals with Bannon. This was you know years ago. Bannon's done a bunch of things in his life. He's filmed, he's filmed movies. He's done real estate. He's done you know politics. He's done it all. Bannon's been around the block. Um, but in terms of his political knowledge and his you know his political uh, stances and what he's, and what he represents, he's an absolute genius. he's, he's brilliant. And and when, you know, Trump hired him, I was very happy. And I, and I even said on my show many times, you got to give Steve Bannon, you know, a a good amount of credit for uh, Trump's victory. You know, obviously it was mostly Trump, but you know, Steve Bannon uh, deserves some of that credit. And, And I said that early on, uh, you know, the, you know, on my episode, you know, um, you know, a few months ago, but, I did get pissed off when he made the derogatory comment. I, I don't know what paper it was about the Trump campaign, about Trump, about his his employees, and you know. Then Trump obviously fired him. Um, I'm sure they're fine now. I mean, there's there hasn't been anything public saying they made up or made amends. But um, but but you Here's know. The thing about bottom, that. Bottom line. Bottom line. Bottom I've never line seen a bunch see of
4: sharks never not fight with each other at some point, and that's why you're right. You're right. Take, you're right. You're I, right. I always you're take right. it like, okay, whatever. Uh, but at the same time, you don't go after blood. You don't go after kids. Every rookie knows it. And, you know. So that was very interesting. If, 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 and it's, and who knows what the truth really is, really.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I say. Two sides
5: to every story. Yeah, and all we have is really Michael Wolf's story, and I think that guy's yeah. a total profiteering sleaze ball. So I, I yeah. was really, you know, if you had told me, uh, you know, back in let's say December twenty sixteen that I'd be supporting Trump and, uh, you know, less less on fire for Bannon. Um, I would have told you I'd been brainwashed, but no, that, that whole incident did leave a bad taste in my mouth and I'm disappointed about it. But no, uh, Ben and like you said, Rory deserves a ton of credit, a lion's share of credit for bringing the tea party and conservative movement into the Trump fold. Because I mean, he brought me yep. into the fold. Like I said, uh, yep.
3: there were
5: people who didn't have faith that Donald Trump really intended to blow up the system. He is in the billionaire class. Um, so yep. you know, when 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 Bannon endorsed Trump, I think that was a that was a game changer. I don't think he would have survived the the uh, the tape, the uh, the Billy Bush tape, and uh, and that's by the way one of the reasons I I still hold out hope for Sessions because when everybody left Trump, Sessions stayed by him. So I, you know, people say Sessions is swamp. I don't know. I really don't know. I really do wish things were moving quicker. I do
1: want to ask. I do want to ask you about Sessions in a second, but I will say about Steve Bannon is that, you know, he did make a, a very nice comment about President Trump uh, about, you know, this was all before the Fire and Fury Michael Wolff book came out. Um, there, you know, he said, I've never admired anyone more than Donald J. Trump is what Steve Bannon said. And that and that's a big statement coming from a guy like Steve Bannon. I mean, Steve Bannon doesn't, you know, uh, put everybody – Boost everybody up, and and you know, and, and it takes a lot to get his respect, and, and his um, to be on his you know uh, uh, the agenda he wants, and, and what he's looking for, and, and what he uh, you know believes in, and, and him and Trump align well together, and we know this. Um, and, and you know, it, it it is a shame that he did fire him. I, w- I was upset a little bit about that. But I was also upset that Steve Bannon was so silent for so long after Trump fired him. Why didn't Steve Bannon come out right away and and say something? I thought Steve Bannon should have done that. Um, I do think Steve Bannon should be hired back, and I would not be surprised if Steve Bannon comes back at some point. Um, oh, I but,
3: would be. Sorry. Uh, you know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. What would you say? I don't know. I, I'd be real surprised if he comes back. I mean, I think – Look, there's only so many alpha dogs, and what everyone—and this kind of cracks me up—about, you know, none of these people really are corporate executives. I mean, now, now Steve Bannon actually has more business brand than most than the political movement. But there's one thing that that is like a golden rule of corporate politics that seems like most people in D.C. didn't know because there's a lot more music, musical chairs around there. That is, I'm the boss. <laughs> You know, and and when you're the boss, you're the boss. And a good boss's job is to bring people that know more than he does around him. But because you're smarter than the boss in some areas doesn't mean that, you know, that you're the boss. And so everyone you watch, everyone that tries to uh, pretend they're the king or not respect the king ends up dead. Now, that is very – That's good management. That's good in team building, quite frankly. And I think, um, Trump made a lot of mistakes his first six months. Every president does. And there are mistakes of loyalty and mistakes have never been in this experience before. We're dealing with one of his, you know, mistakes shooting her mouth off right now. And she'll, she'll implode if she hasn't already. Uh, but I don't know if Bannon would ever come back. I don't know what would actually happen with that. Um, You know, that would be – it would be interesting because I don't know if Bannon's good – Bannon's not a good team player. Bannon is a brilliant, brilliant sort of warrior. And, you know, sometimes I think Bannon was like um, going into the White House was kind of like Patton coming off the battlefield uh, not knowing what to do. (laughs) So I wonder if he'd ever want to be back in there. I mean, I know people that work there. There ain't no party.
5: Yeah, yeah. I I would sort of tend to agree with you, Michael. I feel like he's an outsider and and loves being an outsider. And I think being in the swamp probably got to him. Uh, You know, there's just so much infighting and backfighting. And, uh, you know, know, politics is something that, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know how he feels, to be honest with you. I would guess that he, he likes to launch the grenades from outside the beltway.
4: Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it's a lot uh, more I, effective know,
5: I, I see him playing a role, uh, you know, but you know, I, we haven't seen him much. So it's just kind of interesting. Yeah. And, well,
1: and you guys, oh, go ahead, Michael.
4: No, I'm like, you know, he's just look. the guy it's exhausting. I mean, now Steve Bannon has had, he's no spring chicken. Uh, I don't even really know how well he takes care of himself. Quite frankly, I was on his show several times. I've been met him several times. I've been over that that house. I, you know, I I think the guy's taking a well-deserved break. <laughs> you know, he's had, uh, I mean, since Andrew Breitbart died, this guy's had one intense, grueling, you know, heat. So, you know, he's probably just um, chilling getting ready for the next battle, which uh, will be getting Trump reelected because let me tell you something. this is this establishment is these people have such deep roots. They're like weeds that grow back. and you can't really get rid of them just cutting them off. And what we're watching now is every piece of mud, crap, dirt, junk thrown in front of everybody for the 2018 election because they know, if if, 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 if if the House stays red this November, oh, here we here comes accountability. And if you think that's going to be something, just watch what happens if Trump wins a second term. And you know this is what's so incredible and terrifying these people when its approval rate is fifty percent, because I also always say a presidential election is not the election of a pope. And after what the Democrats did with, I mean, you know, look, look what's happened to Kennedy's reputation and womanizing and Ted Kennedy and Bill Clinton. For those people to turn around on a dime and play moral police is just laughable.
1: It is. Hypocrisy at its finest.
4: it's, It's laughable. And that doesn't mean I'm okay with some of the things that, 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 uh, Donald Trump said, but I also am thankful that my, you know, adolescence and, and, you know, isn't recorded. And, 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 you know, if we, if we sit there and, and, you know, imperfection and acting like a macho jerk among the guys and all that kind of stuff is one thing that I think most people get and turning that into some massive social issue that Trump's, you know, everything else that goes on, which, oh, would be, um, let's see, uh, you know, uh, whoring out the country, uh, you know, cohorting with criminals, uh, impacting Israeli elections, uh, giving cash to the (laughs) Iranians. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, their rudeness and their boorish behavior is way more exponential than anything Donald Trump's ever done. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah. And
1: Sheamus, Seamus, I, Seamus of... before Seamus, I know you got to run in, in a second. The last thing I want to ask you and bring up, and you know you're very familiar with this topic because it kind of resonates with your book in a sense. Uh, the DOJ official Bruce Orr w- will be testifying on his cro- co- close relationship with Christopher Steele. Do you want to speak a little bit on that? A little bit.
5: Absolutely, thank you, Rory. Yeah, I do. Got I do have to jump. I. Uh... I you know I, I overstayed by 20 minutes and I was I'm happy to do it. It's been a great great conversation. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll talk about Orr in the context of the book. The book uh, again called Compromise: How FBI or How Money and Politics Drive FBI Corruption, and it's all about these characters: Bruce Orr, Peter Strzok, you know Andrew McCabe, J- James Comey. But uh, chapter one is called the Insurance Policy, and it's all about. You know, the Fusion GPS PP dossier, how Christopher Steele was paid through a law firm by the Clinton campaign in the DNC. Everybody knows this stuff. But uh, Bruce and Nellie Orr, they've been, uh, you know, threatened with subpoena, I guess, if they don't voluntarily comply. But, uh, does I mean, Lisa Page flouted a subpoena, so we'll see how that goes. But I really do hope they have to testify. Basically, you've got this husband-wife duo as we see so often. I mean the Clintons are of course the best example. You, it's like a two for one is is how it's pitched, which I don't know how that's a selling point, but you know, double the corruption. Nellie Orr is this uh, Russian Russia expert.
3: She's
5: fluent in Russian. She's basically there you know, hired by Fusion GPS to legitimize their reports, you know, make it sound like this is coming from the highest levels. Well her husband, Bruce Orr and he's still at the DOJ, and I, we don't know for how long. President Trump just tweeted about it. Uh, how is he still there? And that's a great question. I think he's probably next to go. Uh, exactly. Bruce and Elior are working kind of as a tag team, and, the, and they've worked with Christopher Steele. In fact, they've worked with uh, you know Renata Akmech and other people at Fusion GPS uh, for many years. 2011, at least, you had this FIFA scandal, and I think that whole investigation – Deserves a, a closer look I mean I, I, I wasn't following The FIFA corruption but Just having Peter Strzok And Andrew McCabe and Bruce Orr And Nellie Orr And Fusion GPS and Christopher Steele All working that investigation That stinks, stinks to high heaven Just with the personalities involved But again in the book that's all detailed In chapter one Chapter two is all about The uranium scandals It's basically Clinton Cash revisited it, uh, had new bombshells and I look forward to telling you more about them when we have more time, but, uh, I'll, I'll just tease it with, uh, there was a Russian nuclear attorney, a man hired by the Russian nuclear company that bought uranium one working inside Hillary Clinton's state department as the deal is going down. I mean, it's about as close to a smoking gun as you can get. There's a picture. It was on the state department's website. And I, uh, it's in the book it's on page 69 in the book um it's a picture of hillary clinton sitting next to the russian's attorney helping them clear the deal through you know maybe clear it through and clear regulatory hurdles he's a guy in washington he's an american or he calls himself an american he actually represents the chinese and others his name's ted kassinger like kissinger with an a but he's representing the russian nuclear company that's all in chapter two and it shows the connections at the FBI who allowed all of these deals to go down. Andrew McCabe, uh, Andrew Weissman, who's Mueller's pit bull on the special counsel. I mean, you just see the same names, Rod Rosenstein. He cleared the Russian, you know, the men of bribery. I mean, he didn't clear them. He gave them a slap on the wrist. They should have gotten 20-plus years for running a big bribery scheme. And uh, so all the same players. That's in Chapter 2. Chapter 3 is uh, called the Foreign Agents Problem. The FBI's Foreign Agents Problem is all in the Foreign Agents Registration Act. And that deals with the Paul Manafort indictment, how all of that was known a decade ago. Ironically, or maybe not, maybe coincidentally, or maybe not, uh, by Fusion GPS, Mary Jacoby, Glenn Simpson, they all reported on Manafort's dealings with Yanukovych in 2008. I mean, we're talking about... The things that they're trying to charge Manafort with are a decade old, so they're really not charging yeah. Manafort for money laundering and all this stuff. they're charging him for being Trump's campaign manager, and it's an outrage because they basically cleared him years ago and also he he was in league with the Podesta group well they i guess I guess maybe there might be uh indictments recommended against the Podesta group, who knows, but um they've seemed to skate thus far, Tony and uh John Podesta.
3: Yeah, chapter you, four you know, is you, really
5: where you go ahead. You bring, you bring up, you know, continue. And then I was going to say something. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> there's only there's only five chapters. It's uh, it looks like a big book, but most of its end notes. It's over a hundred pages of end notes, over seven hundred endnotes. Um So it's not that big a book. Five chapters. Chapter three was the foreign agents problem. Chapter four is on. Uh, it's called the United Surveillance States of America. And it's how James Comey and Robert Mueller basically built the modern-day surveillance state that would make Nixon blush. It would make the make the Stasi blush. It would make any secret police service in history, you know, salivate over the powers that James Comey and Robert Mueller have forced through under FISA, under the Patriot Act. Now every single communication is just collected, captured, stored, and analyzed, and ready to use against you if ever they determine you're a threat. Like they did against Carter Page and Paul Manafort, Mike Flynn, and it's really really dangerous stuff. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a Edward Snowden fan or a, or and I don't, uh, you know, I don't think he should be executed either. But, uh, you know, he revealed and I and I'm all for transparency, forced or otherwise. He revealed some shocking things that they're doing with these tools. And uh, Chapter Four, The United Surveillance States of America, shows how James Comey and Robert Mueller not only built this apparatus but then cashed in on the private sector working at places like Lockheed Martin and Booz Allen Hamilton, really working like a pitcher and catcher, tossing contracts, you know, outside the government to the private sector employers, billion-dollar contracts in one case. And it's just, it's total. I mean, it's disgusting, but it's an outrage that these these men are portrayed as sort of Boy Scouts or, you know, choir boys by the media. Um, And then finally, Chapter 5 is... Foreign intelligence and surveillance abuse. It's the FISA chapter, and it really digs into how FISA works, how it was enacted, it came about after Watergate as a response to Watergate. We're not going to use this kind of surveillance unless it's against foreign spies. Well, of course, now anybody anybody who talks to you know their cousin living in London studying abroad is a potential foreign spy because you communicated outside the U.S. And basically, everybody's a target. It's totally demolished the Fourth Amendment, and uh, it's it's an outrage. FISA needs reform. Uh, It all needs reform. And finally, the book concludes with kind of a little bit of hope. I mean, first of all, you've got all of the recent firings. Uh, There's over 25 major top-level officials who've been fired or demoted or resigned in disgrace. I actually just had an article come out. It's under my byline. I'll share that with you, Rory, and you can – you can share that, tweet it out to your viewers or listeners, excuse me. But uh, and so the the hope is, uh, you know, the, the 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 swamp is being drained. The swamp of DOJ anyway is being drained. I think that's the first stop. I think it's the drain plug is the DOJ, and uh, cleaning out the DOJ is a big move. But uh, there's really the I I if you were to rate the FBI and the DOJ's. Uh, performance over the past several years, you'd give it a big F for failure. And I think the way to, I think this could be across time, I mentioned this in the end, is there's really three laws in the administration of these laws It's all housed under the DOJ and it's uh, FISA, FARA, the Foreign Agents Act, FISA is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, and FOIA is a big one that we don't talk about a lot. But the Justice Department is responsible for FOIA. If the State Department says no judicial watch, no Government Accountability Institute, well, you can't have Hillary Clinton's emails. That's because Justice Department lawyers said that it's legally permissible to deny it. So the DOJ is really responsible for the lack of transparency. All the problems. you know, It may sound like I'm just trying to all throw it on the DOJ, and I am. It's all there. It's all their fault. So five years from now, ten years from now, look at the DOJ. Look at their administration of FISA, FARA, and FOIA, and that's how you can see if things are uh, headed on the right track.
1: Yeah. Well, God, I, you know what, man? I'll tell you, I'm, I'm very impressed. I mean, you are uh, uh, extremely on top of things. I want to go to Valerie. I know she has a few questions. Go ahead, Valerie?
2: Valerie? Oh, I know I'm I was just saying I got to jump off because I've got I've got stuff to prepare for tomorrow and um it's it's almost midnight here. So, um no, I thought he. I thought that all of this stuff that you were talking about your book was incredible and um it's really something that needs to get out there more. I you know, you have a different perspective that nobody's really hearing especially on the liberal media and um it's it's really important. So, uh that's that's yeah. all I really had to say. I didn't really have a question. I just wanted to comment how much um I think your, your information is really important.
1: And, and what about Michael, leaders of blacks for Trump? What do you think, man? You got any thoughts? Well any I
4: comments? I Oh, I'm sorry, go that Michael. Okay, go ahead. Well, while
5: well,
1: well, 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 we were leader, leader of Valerie for
5: Trump. And thank you everybody for for listening and you know taking the time. Um, i yeah. got to jump off as well. Um, okay. I, I, I will listen to the whole show, though. I'd love to hear it everything. I you know, agree with everything you guys have said so far. And um, If you want to get the book, it's uh, compromisedfbibook.com or it's available on Amazon. And I encourage you to go to the website, compromisedfbibook.com, and look at the documents. Um, I really lay it all out, so don't trouble yourself with trying to crunch any of their numbers. It's all in the book. But, uh, yeah, stay up to date with news, and there will be, uh, you know, articles coming out. And I uh, I was on Bill O'Reilly
6: Radio today, and
5: his, uh, his, his, blog, his, uh, his I guess, TV, TV channel. So I'll put that up there, and I, I really appreciate your guys' support.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Seamus, you know, I want to ask ya, you, you yeah. know, do you um you have any new things coming out? I mean, uh, you have any uh anything to announce that you're you're working on or in the works?
5: Well, uh I I, I do have that uh, Epoch Times article. I, I I mean, there's things in the works, but we'll see. I'm I'm trying to get through to radio shows right now. Um this is my first book, uh you know, there's projects on the horizon at the Government Accountability Institute. You can see what we're working on. We've got a whole team of researchers working on various projects. I will I'll plug my colleague's book just for a second. Uh, my colleague Eric Eggers just came out with a book called Fraud, How the Left Plans to Steal the Next Election. And uh, that's all about how the voter fraud myth is not at all a myth, how uh, there's millions of voters, duplicate voters, on you know, enrolled in multiple states, and uh, how, you know, the, t- the 2000 election really came down to about 500 votes here in Florida. And uh, yeah. the left would like to try to tell you that there's not a real problem with voter fraud, but there is. I mean, and, you know, yeah, the and, things, and there was a voter ID. There,
1: there was an example of the of uh, there was a little 11 year old girl that was able to hack the voter machines um, on video. They did. They came out with it all over social media. It just shows how easy it is. I mean, people can hack it whenever. I mean, it just there's no very limited security on these electronic voting booths.
5: Yeah, that's right. Well, anyway, I'm going to take off. But thank you so much for the opportunity, Rory. It was great to cross paths with you again, Michael. Thank you, uh, Valerie, for patiently listening to us, and look forward to hearing your thoughts sometime. And uh, other Michael, thanks for what you're doing with. Black for trump that's a powerful movement so i'll, I'll talk to you guys
1: soon okay and, and we'll have you back soon and uh you know thanks for coming on much love and uh have a good night buddy all right blacks for trump michael which one <laughs> Do Doordy, uh, Black Trump is uh, he must be he he has to be still on the line. Mike Mount Michael Black Trump, you still there? Yeah, well, Doherty, Um, yes. I want to get to some I want to get to some things, some very important things. I want I want to get your thoughts on. I'm gonna play a clip, and I want to hear you know what you think about this but roger stone earlier today was discussing the whole mueller probe and apparently roger stone may have to be a sit down with mueller and this is just becoming a huge witch hunt it's getting ridiculous um but one three
7: so is republican strategist roger stone next on the special counsel's list stone joins us now live to tell us what he knows and what he doesn't good evening mr stone
8: Thank you, Ed. Great to be here.
7: We just uh, heard that clip from Kristen Davis. She was known as the Manhattan Madam. She got in trouble, says she's reformed her life, and you've hired her to do work. She's trying to uh, turn things around. And she basically says that somehow the special counsel, who's supposed to be looking at alleged Russian collusion, brought her in for questioning. What's this all about?
8: Well, uh, and stuck her with a bill for $1,400 in child care for her testimony because she had to travel to Washington. Kristen Davis uh, has no knowledge of Russian collusion or WikiLeaks collaboration or any other illegal act on my part pertaining to the 2016 election or anything else, nor does anybody else who's been paraded in front of the grand jury. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, This is quite simple. There is no such evidence. There is no such witness who can testify truthfully to the contrary. I really do regard this, as the president says, as a witch hunt. Uh, that was a great report from your reporter, but it was all speculation. Goosefer 2.0, yes, I had an innocuous 24-word exchange with him mm-hmm. on WikiLeaks' uh, direct message long after WikiLeaks had already uh, published the allegedly hacked DNC email. So you're Annocuous saying there would be list.
7: no crime related to any alleged collusion, any talking to Goosefer, talking to WikiLeaks is at least what you're maintaining tonight, but as you know, in the case of Paul Manafort, who used to be, I believe you were partners in a firm here in Washington many years ago, it wasn't recent, Uh, but bottom line, Paul Manafort, it doesn't appear, has anything to do with Russian collusion, but is facing potentially many years in jail for crimes that have nothing to do with the 2016 election. Do you fear you're next?
8: Well, it's certainly possible that a runaway federal prosecutor could uh, conjure up some offense on my part in an effort to pressure me to testify against the president or to just silence me because i have been i think uh, an articulate <coughs> critic of the partisan nature uh, of the <coughs> mueller process but as to any crime relating to yeah. the election russian collusion wikileaks collaboration or any other misdeed having to do with the 2016 election no and no other offense that i am aware of on the other hand the grand jury system is a very one-sided system. Uh, you, they ask you leading questions. Uh, Kristen Davis said this morning on Fox that when she tried to explain, they cut her off. When you give an answer they don't like, mm-hmm. they cut you off. Well, No, I think, I think if they bring a case against me, uh, it will be a fabricated case, and there's no circumstances whatsoever, really, Ed, in which I will testify against the Real quick, president.
7: we were just talking about Omarosa. She was on uh, MSNBC earlier today and invoked you. Listen to this.
3: Uh-oh,
2: uh-oh. I think that Roger Stone right now is being investigated, and rightfully so. He has been one of those dark, shady characters in Trump world for a very long time. And I think that they have their sights set properly on him.
7: He calls you a dark, shady character. Does Omarosa know something about you that we don't? And by the way, do you know something about the president that you might tell Robert Mueller?
8: A, look in the mirror, Omarosa. You're the one who convinced the president to send a delegation to Haiti for the inauguration of the corrupt regime, the same people who ripped the country off after the earthquake, now with different front men. Uh, And you thought the president was great until you got fired, now you say he's uh, racist. Secondarily, no, I have no information that would be negative towards the president, uh, and I'm not going to make any up uh, in order to get out of a tight spot if yeah. some false allegation is brought against me. So
7: I've got 15 seconds. So what's the bottom line here? Because it doesn't appear like Paul Manafort has been squeezed for months and months, facing a long time potentially in jail, or you, have anything on the president. So why would the prosecutors <laughs> be trying to squeeze you?
8: Uh, I think because I have been a very effective advocate on behalf of the president, because I'm the conservatives liberals love to hate. But, Ed, there is no Russian collusion on my part. There is no WikiLeaks collaboration. There is no other illegal act pertaining to the 2016 election. All right. Those are the facts. Roger Stone, <laughs> we'll see if those facts hold up. We appreciate you coming in tonight.
1: Michael Doherty. When will the Russia, 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 Russia end
4: Uh, When the American public puts their foot down two more times, and that is when the House stays red and when Trump gets reelected. This is a hundred-year-old underground American cancer that cannot be cured easily. And like a tumor, if you go in and you rip it out when it's been there for so long, Uh, with tentacles all over the place. It will damage a lot of things. You have to go in and gently excise it. And it it really, it it will take time for the American people to catch up. There are so many institutions of this country in place that are protecting this regime. It's utterly terrifying. The media, uh, the intelligence community, leadership, leadership, you know the the political class, the establishment, the bureaucracy. I mean, these people have weaponized everything. And and what we were talking about earlier about the Clintons, you know, the Clintons understood exactly how Washington really was. They're sociopathic. They're remorseless. And it I, it, it really makes me wish I could have like an hour to talk to Vince Foster, because you you kind of assume or you I would find it easy to believe that he came to Washington and saw what was so terrifying about how deep and broad the tentacles go that he might've thought the country was lost and, and, and his life was lost because you have to be, I mean, you have to be really jaded and really brave to really look in the face of what goes on in Washington now. Uh, And the Clintons are just uh, a a symptom of that sickness. And the Obamas were a different symptom of that sickness. But everyone that goes along to get along uh, for their own reason and for their own sub-reasons, you know, go to war on the backs of the American public, I mean – you know, we don't even realize – it's interesting. I, I, You know, Seamus was talking earlier about he wasn't Trump really early, and he kind of amused himself to hear himself now, and I agree with him completely. I was the same way. But as, as, as time goes on, I'm like, my God, I mean, we have dodged a bullet because look at the behavior of Comey and, yeah. and Mueller and all these people. Um, I mean, it's just like sitting on the 50-yard line watching it. And um, right. And there's, when, when people's survival is at stake – and when people's uh, life's work is at stake, and when people's identity is at stake, they'll fight like hell, and they'll fight to the death. And that's what you've yeah. got right now. I mean, you know, I just, I mean, I really hope that Trump starts taking away a lot more of those security clearances. It's just such a, yeah. a, a ripping off of their badge. It's just so enjoyable to watch. But these people are so it is utterly disrespectful so to the country.
1: It's like grab your popcorn and start laughing. It's like, isn't this an, an indication, in a sense, Michael, and a sign? I mean, you have Peter Stork fired and John Brennan security clearance uh, in the same week, to, uh, you know, accomplished. I mean, this is a sign that, we, that we're starting to do work and make moves and get these, get these dirty fuckers out of there. Am I correct?
4: Yeah, but I don't think anything's going to work until people go to jail. The, I mean, powerful people have got to fall. These people are secondary pawns on the board, and they were doing yeah. their, the king's dirty work, and the yeah. king changed, and yeah. the king's still safe, you know I mean. And
1: like I, yeah. and like I said earlier in the episode, the fact that Peter Stork wasn't fired months ago, or he wasn't fired last year when all this stuff came out, and the fact that John Brennan's had security clearance for two years. What's what, no, the fact that he's had security clearance for the last two years? He hasn't even been working for the White House. He worked under Obama, not Trump. So once you leave the Obama admin, you should no longer have security clearance. I mean, this is ridiculous.
4: It is ridiculous, but security clearances are, are like little badges of honor and they're entitlement. And, you know, there's just it, it's just amazing how many people have such an outrageous, arrogant sense of ownership and, yeah. and they think they're entitled to all this. And, and just that little thing is the same thing. These people, they're, they're, they're so full of it. And, you know, there's no going back. This is the thing. You, you can't you can't put the genie back in the bottle once you once you're a thief, you're a thief. You know, once you exploit everything you exploit, once you violate, you, you know, your, your oath, it's amazing to see leaderships of the intelligence community just besmirch the intelligence community. And I can be politically correct and say, well, there are people inside that are – they're good and most are good. But the fact of the matter is there's no accountability in these agencies. And no. human beings are not okay without no accountability. And I mean, and they what they did to Senator Ted Stevens with no accountability is outrageous. And what they did to my company is outrageous. I mean, but people have to understand that we're held accountable with glee and the same people that'll hold a gun to your head and tell you they're gonna ruin your life and they're gonna go after your money and they're gonna go after your family and they're gonna drain you dry unless you buckle. People don't really understand that innocent people plead guilty all day long in this country because of this.
1: I mean, let's give another example. What about General Petraeus? That guy did barely nothing compared to what the uh, tranny uh, Chelsea Manning did or, uh, you know, all these other, uh, Obama and Hillary. I mean, General Petraeus basically, in a sense, uh, you know, got severely punished for – he, and he basically did nothing, just like Trump said. Well, and, bet, it, 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 and,
4: that, and that's true, but Petraeus is doing fine just now, thank you very much. And he did make a mistake. But the point is, accountability's got to be the same. I don't want anyone else kept less accountable. No I want standards. these people to count.
1: No double standards.
4: But they've got double standards, because that's the way it rolls in there. And. It is really difficult to tear apart. It, people don't understand how dry the glue is, how deep the tentacles and roots go down, and it will take time. And that is why Trump, and I hope Sessions, is playing the long game. I know a lot of people that well, know Jeff Sessions, and every single person that knows Jeff Sessions says he is Mr. I-don't-give-a-damn, and okay. he will play the I'm long game. Br- so, hold
1: I'm glad you brought that up because I want to get into that right now. I'm sure you were aware that President Trump bashed Jeff Sessions on Twitter uh, these past right. couple days. And I'm wondering, and you and I have been talking about this for a long, long time, when is Jeff Sessions going to get fired? This, Jeff Sessions is disgraceful. He's a loser. He, he does not belong as Attorney General. He was a fine senator. He did okay. This is this needs to be uh, dealt with and addressed. I mean, what are your thoughts?
4: Uh, he, I mean, politically, it's like, look, y- y- you don't play your cards all at once and everything's that A to B. And, and 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 Trump's got bigger fish to fry than Jeff Sessions right now, because who else is he going to get in there? And he's a known quantity. Um, and you have to let these things fall around. Right. Uh Rosenstein's really the bigger problem and 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 getting reform
1: mark meadows Meadows already is getting articles of impeachment to get rid of rosenstein i mean that's right but you
4: got the yeah okay yeah but what is i mean okay so we can help him pump our blower house down that's all fine and dandy but i mean that's not going to get i mean he can do it but it's not going to get approved and and they would just love to have that going on during during the elections it's I mean, here's what the public doesn't understand about Congress, okay? Here's how Congress gets rendered ineffective. Those two-year terms in the House mean that if you don't get something started right off the gate in the new Congress and, and it's not something quick, all everyone has to do is run the clock and wait till the new the Congress is over, and you have to start over. And that's the game in everything, and that's the game right now in going after – uh, all the the house being blue, so they can get rid of all these people. So everyone has to be focused on keeping the house red, and everything else has got to be secondary. Because if they lose the medium or long game, then they've lost. And I mean, these are a bunch of these people are. Look, there's no there's total criminal immunity in in on Capitol Hill. Otherwise, those people would be in jail. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, what she has done. By colluding yep. with this Pakistani guy and allowing access IT, to this government? You your
1: IT staffer that fled?
4: Look, there's so much crime that's gone down in that place that our memories can't hold it all. But there's no accountability there because they all have immunity, because Congress doesn't have laws. The Hill doesn't have laws. It is And, and really, the assumptions that Americans have about Capitol Hill, are so far away from reality, and, and the politicians wouldn't dare allow a reality to be taught. They wouldn't dare. Yeah. And you'll never have it when you have government-run education. And and it just doesn't exist out there to educate people about the true structure of the U.S. government. People just won't allow it to happen. It's too terrifying. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Michael, we have about eight minutes left. I do have a few more things I do want to get to. Let's talk about Omarosa for a second. Um, A couple things I want to say. Um, The Trump campaign is filing uh, arbitration against Omarosa for breaking her nondisclosure agreement, number one. And um, number two, let's also say that majority of people think Omarosa is lying and just trying to get attention. And, and obviously that's the case. And she says there's uh, tapes of Trump saying the N-word. If there's tapes of Trump saying the N-word, they would have already been out by now. Believe me. They tried everything they could to not get for him to not win the 2016 election. I mean, there's nothing on Trump. Omarosa just wants her 15 minutes of fame This woman's a worthless cunt, and you know what? She's a low life dog. Okay. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. Sorry. Go. No, you go ahead. Your
4: turn. No, just just what you call yeah, dog. Okay. No, I look. The American public gets it. She's just a glorified, new and improved NBC tape. Yep. Okay, Trump made. She a reminds mistake me her. of
0: Gail King.
4: Oh no, Gail King's way nicer than her. Gail King is totally <laughs> benign. Yeah, I've, but, actually, I, I, I've actually met, I have to say, I've actually met Gail King, and Gail King is a real sweetheart, um, and she, she is, she is she's, she's a very fair-minded, balanced person, she, you know, she believes what she believes, but there's no malice with Gail King,
1: right. Um, right, right.
4: and, 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 you know, there just isn't, but, but, and Gail King really is lovely, but, um, we all, but anyway, we all
1: know how, but we all know how crazy and angry Omarosa was on The Apprentice, and that's
4: her real look, life. Look, it's, okay, so look, look, Donald Trump has to own this, okay? Donald Trump has to own that he is an entrepreneur and not a manager. And look what happened when he tried to be a manager the first six months of the White House. He lit in every loon there was, and entrepreneurs yeah. do not make good managers, and they have to recognize their weaknesses, and he brought in a good person. She's just a holdover from the bad beginning. You know, she's just a, hold, a holdover. I mean, you know, look, I'm sorry. Sean Spicer's a nice guy, but he was not the best first choice. Are you kidding me? Sure and, and, but everybody, every White House, no matter what, has to learn how to be because there's no handbook from the prior ones, especially when you, especially when you're following Barack Obama. So, you know, and and the entire Washington establishment's against you. So this is like, this is complete, this is just a, this is going to change no one's mind. It shows how disgusting the left is, but it also shows how desperate the left is. And, again, the point is is not, you know, Omarosa, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I even hate discussing her because she said so many great things about him the whole time. He has given her a ton of opportunity, and she is just milking it all for she can right now because she knows she is done. She is not going to get hired by anyone. She is about to go into oblivion. She is going down a blaze of glory, and I hope she saves her money. Because she's pretty darn disgusting. Now, the terrible thing about people like her that are soulless and are sociopathic and narcissistic is they'll get in bed with bad actors. And, you know, she is a security risk. I hope they go after her big time for what she did. I mean, You cannot
1: either... have
4: a precedent of employees going in and tape recording officials and, yep. and, and, and the, you can't have it. You cannot have it. I mean, you, you
1: even have, there was even a former Obama uh, attorney uh, from when Obama was in the White House, and his advice on MSNBC was Omarosa better get a good lawyer.
4: She better get a good lawyer. This is – she's making a mockery. You know, she can make a mockery of Donald Trump all day long if she wants. That's their issue. But she's making a mockery of the White House. That is not Donald Trump. She's making mockery of the yep. press, mockery of the president. That yep. is not Donald Trump. No, she, she needs she's to be held liar. accountable. You know she's a liar,
1: no. and and even even liberals, even people from the left, are calling her. Say, get the fuck away from us! You're a, we know you're a liar. You're just trying to get media attention.
4: Right. Well, troll at Tacoma, or you know, or 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 meet the press. They all gave her platform. They all gave her platform. Hey, and hey, look, she's just—I mean, she makes—you know—it's—it's it's great that she goes because she just makes, she just makes the press look as desperate as they are. Um, but you know, again, it's like uh, next, you know. I mean, I see her and I go, well, you know what? Maybe there's a good side to really fast media cycles. So. Well,
1: you, you know, you know, we have we have we have a few minutes left. Uh, the, the I do want to. Go to the last thing, which I wanted to bring up to you, which you, you're you very familiar with because you're a, a cybersecurity expert. Uh, let's talk about this Alex Jones. I mean, uh, it's scary stuff. I mean, this guy is literally getting banned everywhere he goes online. He even tried building his own uh, individual platform, and they started censoring and banning that. This They are trying to ruin his life along with many other – along with many other conservatives, and the and same thing with Twitter. They're taking away a bunch of followers from many people. They took away over 3,000 followers from me on Twitter, and they've done it to so many other people. And all this censoring is getting to be out of hand.
4: Well, look, it's just no surprise. When the Internet started, um, it was this free, open system. Now, who is the first that's afraid of free and open systems? People in power, because people in power have very thin skins. And Alex Jones is like the uh, the politicized, uh, hyperactive Jerry Springer. You know, and, and, and he's a theater he's a theater guy, and he's and he's he takes no prisoners, and and he's an acquired taste. But the narrative. Is not about him. The narrative is everyone's free to make an ass of themselves. I mean, there, there right. are so many worse examples than right. Alex Jones uh, right. that are allowed to just proliferate. So, what is it about them? Well, I mean, come on. We know Facebook, this is where we're really at, where we have created essentially private utilities. Yes. These fa- Facebook, yeah. these, are, these are private utilities, so that means. And this is the question eventually for the courts to decide, and the courts are so far behind, and the judges are so ignorant, and they're of another generation, and they're so egocentric. You know, it's a really tough situation for the Congress or the judiciary to protect the fact that our constitutional rights are being infringed when we sign up for these things. No one knew that was going yeah. to happen. Yeah, and, you know, I, but, and I've, but, been
5: talking,
1: I've been talking about this on my show many times is that. You know, we've seen Peter Fonda, you know, uh, say he wants to put baron Trump in a, in a cage with a bunch of pedophiles. He never got his Twitter suspended. Uh, and, I mean, can you imagine, I mean, if a Republican said that? I mean, Roger Stone said, uh, you know, called Don Lemon a faggot or something, and he's permanently banned from Twitter. I mean, it, it, the bias is absolutely disgusting and outrageous.
4: Well, it is just—it is exactly what um, you know. It's, it's, it's exactly is, what.
1: You know what it reminds me of—it reminds me of countries of only channels they let you watch, only things they let you see, because they don't want you to know the truth. You know what I mean? They—they—they they, they restrict stuff,
4: right? Right, but things are getting so turned up. What concerns me are the people that tune into it. And and, that, you know, and and then you know and then this leads me to a city like San Francisco where yes. there is now so much homeless, so much filth, and d- uh, so much excrement on the street, Dr. so many Berg, drugs.
1: By the way, Duck, we we have to go in thirty seconds. But by the way, Zuckerberg. Um, by the way, Zuckerberg made the personal decision to ban Alex Jones, which is disgraceful.
4: Right, and then he says, it, but. Listen, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg, this is no surprise. You're a fool if you don't think he's, he's not. designer. He's a deciding. right? All right. He's a, dirty,
1: he's a dirty individual. Mark Zuckerberg is as sneaky as they get. He's not trustworthy, and uh, it, it's dangerous out there. But, Michael Doherty, please tell everybody about your book, where they can find you. Um, and we will have you back on next week.
4: Uh, the Devil Inside the Beltway.com. The book is uh, The Devil Inside the Beltway at Amazon. It's an audiobook, hardcover, softcover ebook. If you go to the website, you can download the first chapter free and watch some videos of the story and, and read up on uh, cybersecurity and the government.
1: Excellent. Uh, Michael Doherty, always a pleasure. Uh, we'll have you back on next week and we look forward to it. A lot more to talk about. All
3: right, about. thanks.
1: All right, man. Take right. care. Cheers. Michael Doherty, everybody. Uh, I want to thank all my co-hosts. We had some co-hosts out today, uh, sick, and we had another co-host out filming a movie. So uh, they will be back with us tomorrow. Um, I want to thank all my advertisers. I want to thank my amazing audience, Uh, all of you uh, around the world um, God bless you all. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com. Again, that's TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com. You can also visit RorySodder.tv Again, that's RorySodder.tv. You can also visit GetYourAppBuilt.com. Again, that's GetYourAppBuilt.com. And I also want to say thank you um, to um, all our amazing special guests tonight. Uh, I'm Rory Sodder. Um, God bless everybody. We'll see you tomorrow night. Cheers.